welcome to today's session. This is Dr. Ruth. Jesus is Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I am so excited you have joined me today as we come to the conclusion of the book of Joshua. So in today's session, I will be discussing some concluding remarks out of the book of Joshua. Boy, I hope you have listened to the entire teaching out of this powerful book. I have really been blessed by the Lord from the timeless principles that we have discussed in the last few weeks. So I hope you have been blessed as well. So unfortunately, today is the last day I will be teaching on this book for now. So let us go over some concluding remarks. Like I said at the very beginning, the book of Joshua, to summarize, is a book overall about God's faithfulness to lead the second generation Israelites into the promised land, a land he had promised to their ancestors, Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. And we've learned throughout this book how God stayed faithful to his promise. Also, another overall theme of this book or summary is that of Joshua's obedience and faith. We learned how Joshua stayed obedient to the Lord and how the Lord took Joshua and the entire nation of Israel from the old to the new, from the old meaning everything about the first generation Israelites, the Lord left behind and encouraged them to move on. This really parallels our lives as New Testament believers. When we come to the Lord Jesus and have a relationship with God and we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, indeed, we have to learn day by day by faith to let go of the past and move forward to our promised land, moving forward to the new things the Lord is so willing to do in our lives. But we have a choice to obey and step out by faith. Okay? So... This book has been a powerful book that I'm sure has taught us a lot about obedience. And, and Moses, going back briefly to the book of Deuteronomy and the book of Numbers, we talked about all of this. Moses made the perfect choice by selecting Joshua to replace him to lead the second generation Israelites into the promised land. This is critical because it is often difficult for leaders to replace themselves. How do you replace Moses? Wow. So Moses, based on what we've learned about Joshua, it is obvious that that choice was perfect. And of course, we know that Moses prayed about this and Moses could have equally chosen Caleb. But after much prayer, he chose Joshua to succeed him to lead the second generation Israelites into the promised land. And we know that in Numbers chapter 27, verses 15 through 32, the Lord confirmed to Moses that Joshua was the one to lead the second generation Israelites into the promised land. So let us go over briefly. I have discussed all of this. 
four major qualities of Joshua's leadership that we can learn a lot. Number one, Joshua was chosen and not Caleb, even though the Bible does not tell us why, but we will have an idea as to why as we go over these four major qualities of Joshua's leadership. Number one, Joshua played a key crucial role during the Exodus period. We talked about all of this in the book of Exodus. Joshua was the one that Moses took along or asked to accompany himself up to the mountain when he received the law from the Lord. We talked about this in Exodus chapter 24, verses 12 through 14. So already we are learning that Joshua was with Moses when Moses received the law, the Ten Commandments. Thus, Joshua had that first-hand experience being in the presence of God with Moses. That is powerful. Okay, number two, Joshua and Caleb were the only two spies among the ten. There were 12 spies total that Moses sent into the promised land to spy the land. It was only Joshua and Caleb who came back with a positive, encouraging report as unto the Lord. We discussed all of this in the book of Numbers, chapters 13 and 14. You can go back there and re-listen to that teaching. So we learned how during that experience, Joshua was already exuding courage, faith, and trust in the Lord. He was already exuding his leadership qualities, even though he was still shadowing Moses. Number three, third quality about Joshua's leadership like I said earlier, he had first-hand experience being in the presence of the Lord. I said just a few minutes ago that Moses took him, Joshua, up into the mountain to receive the law. Caleb was not the one who went with Moses, but it was Joshua. No wonder the Lord confirmed to Moses that Joshua was the one to succeed him. So that first-hand experience being in the presence of the Lord and shadowing Moses for their entire time during the wilderness really already positioned Joshua to lead the second generation second generation Israelites into the promised land. And then the fourth quality of his leadership, which obviously makes sense why he was the one chosen, was that he displayed consistent faith and trust in the Lord, and he was there with Moses throughout, like I just said, their entire stay, almost 40 years in the wilderness. So he was best qualified to take that baton from Moses. He was the best commander-in-chief, a very wise, strategic military leader, and he had displayed his spiritual dependence on the Lord. So he had the two necessary combination needed, a military strategist and a spiritual leader that the Lord was looking for to lead the second generation Israelites into the promised land. You see, it's not just you can be the best military leader, but that spiritual quality is of utmost importance to the Lord. And we 
saw how Joshua displayed that. So those were the four major qualities of Joshua's leadership, which I believe led Moses to choose Joshua and the Lord confirmed it. So what does this mean to us? Because there is a lot we can learn as Christians, as leaders from this man, Joshua. Number one, Joshua was called. All godly leaders are called. A person just does not get up one day and say, I want to, <laughs> I want to be a pastor, a minister, or a priest. You have to be called by God because, boy, to work for God is no ordinary job. You have to be called and you have to respond to that calling, a yes or a no. You see, God places the desire in your heart and, and after much prayer, you have to respond to that. Just like God place that desire in the heart of Joshua. We know that the Bible doesn't tell us that specifically, but we know that because he displayed faith in God, trust in God, leadership qualities already. So we have to be called and then we have to accept that. Number two, what does this mean to us? Godly leaders have to be prepared. After the calling, after accepting the calling, the leader has to be prepared. What do I mean? Two major ways to be prepared. Number one, preparing yourself to know God personally. Preparing yourself to have a vibrant relationship with God through Jesus Christ and the empowerment from the Holy Spirit. You see, if a leader does not have that personal relationship with God, if a leader is not attached constantly, consistently to the vine, Jesus Christ, and walking by faith, you can have the best physical skills if you are not in a vibrant relationship with God, you won't be able to be effective in your ministry because we cannot give to others what we don't have. So at the very basic, the prerequisite is to have a good relationship with God through Christ, know God personally, have some evidence of God doing a work in your personal life so you can be a blessing to others. And then number two, to be prepared, you need some kind of formal preparation. Just like Joshua. Joshua shadowed Moses throughout Moses' ministry. At the very least, basic academic preparation about the very theology of Christianity. So some basic training is required. Some people require just basic certificate in Bible education. Others, God called them to master's level, PhD level, whatever. Some basic academic preparation is necessary to really understand the theology of your own faith. I know in my own life, this is really very similar to what happened to me. I was called by God into ministry. Even before I acknowledged that calling, I was already serving as a lay minister. And in 2009, that calling was so obvious, I could no longer deny it. And I accepted that calling. And even after I accepted that calling, I got extremely active in the body of Christ, serving at my local church under the leadership of my then pastor, Pastor Diego at Abundant Living Church. I served there for almost nine years. And at the same time, I was actively involved in another ministry, Andrew Womack's ministry. And I served there as a prayer minister 
during his gospel truth seminars. And throughout that time, I was holding home Bible studies, home Bible studies, and then I was attending formal education, went through Bible college, got a master's degree in ministry, all of that to be prepared. Then about seven years later, <laughs> God put it in my heart to step out in faith and begin Dr. Ruth Tanyi's ministries. So some people may be listening to me today for the very first time. They are not aware of the fact that this is almost 11 to 12 years of preparation behind the scenes. And you are just listening to me. And most Ministers, priests, pastors have a similar story. Even in the Bible. I know that when I was in Bible college, we studied this. I won't get into details. The average time of preparation was about 10 years for a lot of the saints that God used mightily. So preparation is absolutely relevant. Okay. Moving on here. The third thing we can learn from Joshua's leadership is that of the fact that he had a heart for God, meaning he was willing to do God's will. A leader, pastor, minister, priest must be willing to do God's will, have that heart for God. And number four, what else can we learn from the leadership of Joshua? Humility and having an obedient spirit. God is after the humble and the proud he really despises. God is a humble God. So as leaders, we are called to emulate that spirit of humility. Joshua was very humble, obedient to the Lord. And when as leaders we walk in the spirit of humility, then it becomes easier to be obedient to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Number five, we can learn from the leadership of Joshua that as leaders, we have to stay consistently faithful to the things of God. Joshua was consistently faithful to his calling till the very end. Boy, how crucial this is necessary today in the 21st century. There are so many ministers who start out very, very Humble, who start out very, very faithful, who start out very, very just fruitful. And then down the line, something happens. They just quit. No, we have to stay consistent to the calling, consistent to the things of God. In order to do this, we must be attached to divine Jesus Christ. Because it will be Jesus Christ walking through us. When we are truthfully faithful to the Lord and stay attached to divine Jesus Christ, we will have consistency in our ministry because on our own, we can't do it. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit as we look unto Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. So we saw Joshua. He did this. So this is something we can learn. And number six, and the last quality that we can learn from Joshua's leadership is that of availability. Oh, how many ministers who are so talented, who are so called, who are so prepared, yet they are not available to be used by God. We have to be available to be used by God to serve God's people because God has to walk through us. 
God's people has to be our priority. If we truly want to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I just had to discuss those six qualities that are necessary to have a successful ministry and even to live as Christians. This pertain not just to ministers, these qualities also pertain to whoever is a Christian. Okay? to be prepared at any time to serve the Lord, to be a witness for Christ, to have a God, a heart for God rather, and to be humble and faithful and to be available, to be used by God whenever he puts someone in your path. And guess what? Those six qualities were all evident in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Who is our role model? Powerful. Okay, so I hope you received that in Jesus' name. So that brings me to the next section of this conclusion. Praise the Lord. Jesus is Lord. I'm trusting God you are doing great today. And I thank you for joining me today as we continue to study the Word of God. Real quick, I just want to say for those of you who have been listening to me for some time, I am trusting God. You have been growing in his word. You have been blessed. And if you are listening to me for the first time, welcome. And I trust God that you will be blessed, blessed, blessed. Because the word of God never returns void. Friends, here's the situation. As you have been blessed by these teachings, did you know that the word of God teaches that as you bless us back with your financial giving, God himself will be certain to bless you back abundantly, exceedingly. I'm sure you know this, right? But let me just share with you the words of Jesus Christ, our Messiah, out of the Gospel of Luke 6, 38, out of the NIV. It teaches, give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In context, that the Lord Jesus is saying, as you give into his work, God will be certain to give it back to you abundantly, exceedingly. So friend, I just ask you to open your hearts to bless us with a one-time donation so we can put it right back into this uh, podcast uh, ministry and pay for studio time to produce more teachings that are blessing you and will bless many, many others. Remember, give and it shall be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaking together and running over will be poured into your lap. As you give into God's work, God will give it back to you abundantly and exceedingly. Most importantly, you will be helping us to transform lives. So here are three ways you can give. Visit our safe and secure website, drruthtanyi.org slash donate, and make a one-time donation right there. Uh, Whatever amount the Lord puts into your heart, we receive that. So uh, all you need is an internet access. You can do this anywhere in the world. DrRuthTanyu.org slash donate. And if you live here in the USA, we also receive donations through Cash App. And the name there is the dollar sign Dr. Ruth Tanyu. Again, for Cash App, the dollar sign Dr. Ruth Tanyu. And also, if you live here in the USA, you can uh, send uh, your donation through Zelle. And here is a telephone number for Zelle. 
9019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019019
we should be expectant to see 100% success God's way because God is faithful. Okay, number four. The fourth major principle here is that of faith in God propels his blessings. Hello, we know that, right? We talked about the faith of Joshua. The sun stood still. By faith, boy, the Levi stepped on the Jordan River and it dried up. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, was courageous enough to hide the spies and God protected his family, household from destruction or from the destruction that took place in Jericho. Rahab and her household were protected. Rahab did all of this by faith. Boy, the book of Joshua highlighted active faith throughout from the beginning till the end. Active faith of Joshua. Active faith of Rahab. Active faith of the Israelites, the second generation, following their leader Joshua with confidence and boldness. Oh boy, I am so excited. God honors faith. When we step out in faith, we start to propel the blessings of God to chase us. Okay? We come to the fifth major principle in this book is that of the promised land. The second generation Israelites got into the promised land. And while Joshua was their leader, they enjoyed peace. And the land had rest for many, many years because their leader was a man of God. He followed God. He obeyed God. So all his followers, the entire nation of Israel benefited from that. How powerful to be leaders who love God so our followers can be blessed likewise. We saw that in the book of Joshua. And the last major principle out of this book is that of meditation. We were told and we went over this in Joshua 1.8 and I am just paraphrasing here. God could have just took them supernaturally into the promised land. God could have done this in many, many other ways. But God told Joshua in Joshua 1.8, do not let this book of the Lord depart from you. Meditate on it, meaning ponder on it, study it, think about it day in, day out, day and night, and be careful to do what it says, then you will be successful. Again, I was just paraphrasing that scripture. You can go back and re-listen to that teaching out of Joshua chapter 1. What is the bottom line? When we take the word of God and we meditate on it, boy, the Holy Spirit will start to reveal revelation into our souls and we will be grounded in the word of God. Then it will become easier for, our, for us to step out in faith to practice it, then we will be successful. So the word of God is the primary tool by which we as God's children can be successful. That's it. That's just it. I know there are many people who say, oh no, it's prayer. No, it is the word of God. You cannot separate God from his word. <laughs> God is his word. His word is God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. I am paraphrasing there out of the gospel of John. You see, 
you cannot separate, you cannot know God apart from his word. When you take the word of God, oh boy, you meditate on it, it releases life and gives you revelation. And then it becomes easier for you to put it into practice. I am not going to go and reteach on that whole thing. You can go and re-listen to the teaching out of Joshua chapter 1. So those were the major six principles out of the book of Joshua. So really, what is the major application here? It is obvious, really. <laughs> Loving God, being obedient to the things of God. We've talked about all of this already. It is only when we obey God, when we step out in faith, then we will have Godly results. Really, that is really the application. And I have said this over and over, so I am not going to belabor the point. So, and again, knowing the word of God is crucial. Boy, I am blessed because I take time to know God through his word. I hope you really can take the word of God seriously that the word of God has all the answers. All of the answers. Okay? And, um, so to wrap up here, how does the book of Joshua fit into the totality of all scripture? How does it fit with all of the other books of the Bible from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation? We see consistent running themes out of the book of Joshua that are consistent in every book of the Bible. Number one, love God with all of your heart, obey him and save and serve him. Joshua talked about this. We went over this. Joshua's last words to the Israelites was to love God, obey him, and to serve him. Has that changed? No. Moses offered the same advice before he died. Our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, said the same thing. Love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our strength, and then... Obey him and then serve him. I have said this throughout. When we love God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength, mind meaning that our thinking processes are consistent with God's word, our strength meaning that we serve God wholeheartedly and willingly. <laughs> because when we love God with all of our mind and our strength and our soul, it will be easier for us to obey him because how will you disobey somebody you love? You see why it is really what the Lord Jesus teaches that the only way to show that you love God is to obey and, and serve him. Jesus said in the gospels, why do you call me Lord, 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 and don't do what I say? Okay, that is out of the gospel of Luke. How can we say we love God, but we don't obey him and we don't do what he tells us to do, to serve him. So when we truly love God, we will obey him and we will serve him and then we will have godly results in our life. This is a consistent theme across the entire Bible. So the book of Joshua is a perfect, consistent revelation of God to us. And the other consistent theme we learned from the book of Joshua that is consistent across the entire Bible is that of God's faithfulness. And of course, the last one is that of obedience, which releases God's blessings in our lives. 
and faith in God, which propels the blessings to manifest in our lives. Boy, God is the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. These timeless principles are still applicable today in our lives as New Testament believers. The Old Testament teachings are still 100% applicable. They are not absolute. I have just gone over the major themes and how the book of Joshua fits into the totality of all scripture is the same consistent revelation of God. Jesus Christ, who is God, is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So I hope you have received these significant, major, timeless principles out of the book of Joshua. I hope you've taken them to heart. I hope you've come to a place of acceptance that obedience to God is the essential ingredient as Christians to live in this dark world. Loving God, serving God is essential for us to, re to release the love of God to others. It's essential for us to experience God's presence in our lives and to glorify God. I hope you receive that in Jesus' name. And for all of you who are listening to me for the first time and you have never asked the Lord Jesus Christ, to come into your life. I want to give you an opportunity to do so. You see, I have been talking about obedience, walking by faith, loving God, serving God. You cannot do any of this on your own human ability. You cannot. The things of God are not possible without the Holy Spirit strengthening you. So I want to give you an opportunity to get to know God. There is only one true living God. The God of the heavens and the earth. The God of the Bible. We are told that, and I am paraphrasing here, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Are you a whosoever? Then I am talking to you. God loves you so much that he wants to bring you to that eternal, blessed, fruitful life that he created you to enjoy in the beginning. That blessed, fruitful life that was attacked or damaged at the Garden of Eden. You see, the Bible teaches us out of Genesis chapters 1 and 2 that God created a perfect universe. And he looked at everything and he said, it is good. Then we are told in Genesis chapter 3 that Adam and Eve, the first human being that God created in his image, were deceived by Satan himself, who manifested to them as a serpent. And Adam and Eve disobeyed God's instructions not to eat fruit from a particular tree in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were deceived by the serpent, and they willfully transgressed, disobeyed God's law. Ever since then, 
ever since that transgression, the Bible teaches us that sin and death entered into God's perfect creation. You see, but God loves us so much. God is love in his core essence. Like I just paraphrased that scripture in John 3.16. God loved us so much that he did not leave us in that falling state. Because when Adam and Eve sinned, sin and death entered into the world. And ever since then, every human being born into this world inherits a sinful nature. The tendency to, to just lie, the tendency to have a hardened heart towards the things of God. So, every human being, ever since Adam and Eve, over 6,000 years ago, come into this world with that sinful nature. And we have to be delivered from that sinful nature. Okay? Because of God's love, God sent Jesus Christ into this world. God himself became a human being in the person of Jesus Christ. He had his ministry here. He lived a perfect and sinless life. He died on the cross. He was buried and on the third day, he was raised bodily form from the dead. And, and God the Father accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection has paved the way for whosoever who wants to live that blessed, abundant life that God created us to enjoy. To come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and start to live in that blessed life. And once you make that decision to come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that sinful nature that you inherited at the time you were born, boy, God will instantly give you a new heart and you will be instantly born again. Okay? For there is only one name given unto mankind by which salvation must come, the man Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ was and is the only human being who fulfilled all of the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. Like I said, he lived a perfect, sinless life, died and was raised bodily form, and is alive today, seated at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for all his followers. Only Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life because he fulfilled all of God's promises perfectly. Buddha cannot lead you to the true living God. Muhammad cannot lead you to the true living God. Only Jesus Christ is the way, the only way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ himself said that, not us, his followers. Jesus Christ is the only human being in the history of the world who claimed to be God, and he backed it up 100%. You can trust him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. He can lead you directly into a relationship with God the Father. So if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was God 100% and was man 100%, he died for your sins. You see, Jesus Christ died for the sins of the entire world. But each of us, by faith, must accept his death and resurrection and ask him to come into our life. And he will. If you believe he died for your sins, he was raised 
from the dead on the third day, and he is alive, seated at the right hand of God the Father. If you believe that in your heart, the Bible says all you have to do is to confess that with your mouth and you will become a child of God. So I am going to say a very simple prayer right now. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Please, if you are driving, you can say this prayer with your eyes opened. Or if you are home, you can just raise your arms towards the skies or go on your knees. Raise your arms towards the sky as a position of humility and just repeat after me. Please keep in mind, repeating the prayer is not what will bring you into a relationship with God through Christ. It is believing in your heart and then you are just repeating the prayer as a confession of what you believe. So please say after me, Dear God, forgive me for all of my sins. Today, I receive your forgiveness of my sins. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my personal sins and that you, God the Father, raised him up from the dead on the third day and he is alive today. Dear God, today I have decided to follow Jesus Christ, the rest of my life. Jesus Christ, come into my life and change my heart. By faith, I believe you have accepted me. By faith, I declare I am a child of God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you said that prayer for the very first time, Based on the authority of God's word, I declare you a follower of Jesus Christ and God himself has sent his spirit and his spirit is indwelling you right now. And according to the Bible, Ephesians 1.13, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. God knows you personally. And according to Jesus Christ himself, out of the gospel of John, verses 26 through 29, no one will ever snatch you from his hand. Welcome into God's kingdom. Glory to God. What needs to happen next is that I recommend that you find a local church where the Bible is taught, where the Bible is viewed as the authority of God's word, where the love of God is evident, the Holy Spirit is present there, where God is glorified and Jesus Christ is exalted. Find a church like that, plug yourself into ministry there and you love God, you serve God and I promise you, God will take you places that you won't be able to go on your own effort. And please, will you contact us to let us know you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so we can send you some free material to help you grow in your relationship with God. Welcome! into God's kingdom. And Father God, for all of those who have listened to me today, Father God, I thank you that you are such a good and faithful God. I thank you, Father God, that you go before them to protect them. I thank you, Father God, that every single principle we've learned from the book of Joshua, Holy Spirit, 
you will bring it into their remembrance. You will personally teach and show them how to apply it into their lives so that they can glorify you and they themselves will be blessed. We ask all this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody says, Amen. We have come to the end of the book of Joshua. Please remember to prayerfully consider supporting us with your prayers and financial giving to further God's work. Your financial support will help us to produce more programs like this one so as to reach more people for God. Dr. Ruth Tanyi's Ministries is a federal approved 501c corporation and all of your donations are 100% tax deductible as allowed by the law. Please consider a one-time donation as you are led by the Lord or prayerfully consider becoming a monthly partner with us through your regular prayers and monthly giving. Visit our website, drruthtanyi.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G to learn more about the benefits of partnership and sign up right there. We thank you in advance for your prayers and financial support. Also, remember to sign up to receive Dr. Ruth's monthly Bible teaching newsletters. I am Chris Oram, wishing you a fruitful and blessed day in Christ Jesus. Goodbye for now.